This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am going to have my good friend, Natalie Maroshenko, on the show today, and we're going to talk about purpose and passion and whether you're really living your dream or whether maybe you're living a little bit somebody else's dream or the dream that you were sold. I know I did that for a long time. I have been noticing a lot lately in Flow 365 that there are more people than usual grappling with purpose. And sometimes that's being brought on by kids leaving the house and sort of the next phase. Sometimes it's being brought on by parents aging. We've had actually some flow babies this spring, which is so fun, or we're having flow babies coming this summer, which is, it's so fun to be in that phase. But there's a lot of thinking about what's next. And of course, the pandemic is really begging us to ask that question as well, as well as just all the crazy that's happening in the world. And it's funny, I've been a little quiet lately in in people's email boxes. I've been a lot a little quiet in terms of my own just getting out in the world. It's what I needed to do to respond to everything that's happening. That's just how I heal <laughs> is by getting quiet. And I can see how easy it is to avoid this idea of what your dreams are when everything around us feels really hard. And yet, after a few weeks of quiet, what I'm really remembering for probably the hundredth time is that it's so important to nurture our individual dreams, to take care and tend to our souls in this way, because then we can come show up in the world as our most most authentic selves and really be helpful. And a lot of times I think, you know, when we're responding to the from the outside in and we're responding with all the craziness that's happening, we can grab onto things that aren't necessarily our thing. And when there's so much out there, that's that's just crazy making. That makes us overwhelmed. And I'm pretty obsessed with us not being overwhelmed because I just think it makes us better mothers, better spouses, 
better leaders, better entrepreneurs, and really better helpers and activists out in the world when we're really have ourselves tended to. We know what our impact is. And that's a lot about what this episode is about. It's really about tapping into what your passion and what your purpose is. And I asked Natalie to come on because she talks about this all the time. You might have heard, well, she's been on the podcast before, so you can go back and listen to that episode. And you might have heard me talk about her because she leads these amazing summits for women over 40 that are focused on health and wellness and money and just how to really thrive um, at a point in our lives when many of us are ready to sort of, I don't know, put in the towel, right? We're, we're done. But it's really the beginning of the next chapter. And so I'm so excited that she's coming out. Natalie, also, I will tell you, is a really good old friend. I've been watching the show Working Moms. I'm not sure if I recommend it yet, but it is kind of funny because it it pulls on all the things that as a working mom uh, come up. It's like all the different things at at all at the same time. So it's a little bit, I'm not sure it's realistic, but it's um, it's very funny now that my kids are older. I don't know if I would watch it if my kids were younger, actually. And I've been watching that that show and really thinking about all the people who were so important when my kids were, were little. And that's when I actually know Natalie from. We both have three kids. They were in the same school, um, or the two oldest were in the same school. We both had babies at the time. And she was just one of those friends who we, we could lean on each other. We could call and ask the other to watch the kids for an afternoon while we got work done or um, pick up somebody from school or sometimes just have them all run around together and talk about how we're ever going to pull this off. And I got to witness her leaning into the piece of her purpose that she's going to share about today, um, sort of the latest chapter of what she did. And I'm so excited for you all to hear hear this story. So before I get Natalie on, I have one announcement. So it is, it's always a unique time, <laughs> but it feels like I don't know. It just feels like a time. Let's call it that in the world. And I just want to be of as much help as possible. And so something that we're doing right now is we are opening up five slots into Flow 365. If one of them is yours, please reach out to Mia at plansimple.com. We are going to do a special gathering of people who join to really get you settled into summer and what that means in terms of business and fun and health and all the things we're thinking about, passion and purpose, um, and really get you clear about what's happening between now and the fall. And so that's going to be our first step that we're going to we're going to take you through if you should decide to to join us. And along that line, I always tend to work with I don't know, two, sometimes three private clients. Um, we have grown the team at Flow365, and it's amazing because we have these co-working sessions every single day, and they're 90 minutes long, and it's kind of like 
a yoga class, but for getting all your stuff done, getting your work done, cleaning your house, um, getting all the little things done that always annoy you, but just in comp- good company because it's really helpful to do that. And so when that got really taken care of, I freed up some time. And so I have a spot for one private client. And this is a good thing for somebody who is balancing family and your health and entrepreneurship. So what we do is we focus on the business piece. We focus on really how to systematize that and make it so that it's not as much work. And that creates the balance you need to make space for the the wellness and motherhood and summer fun and all the things that you want to be the balance part of your life. Um, And we sometimes do some of the work for you. So if that sounds appealing, you can also reach out to us at miaplansimple.com. I know this sounds very unofficial. I think you can also go for Flow 365. I believe we opened it up so you can actually just sign up through the website if you want to. Um, But I would love to talk to you. I would love to um, really get to know you and understand if this is is a good fit if you want to jump in right now, because I just think that this is a level of support that might be really needed for a couple people right now who are are listening. So if that's you, reach out to us or go check it out at plansimple.com. All right, you all, let's get the amazing Natalie Maraschenko on the show, whose official bio I have not shared with you, but just know that she's an amazing, soulful, ambitious, multi-passionate woman who helps the same kind of woman uncover their purpose and start a passion-driven life and, and sometimes businesses. And she's been on her own journey to explore all the changes that happen after 40. And she really has created her dream life and believes that anybody can do it. And she's going to tell us on the show about where she started, what her journey's been like. And I just cannot wait for you to learn from her. So with no further ado, let's get Natalie on the show. Hey, Natalie, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hi, Mia. How are you? So fantastic to be with you. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here and to dive into this topic. So I think I initially asked you on because so much of your work is around purpose. And I've been noticing a lot of women in my community grappling with this idea lately. So I thought it would be fun to have you on a friend. I love having friends on the podcast. <laughs> Natalie's a good friend. <laughs> yes. It's, it's been so fun to kind of do this together and grow in this together. And, you know, I love talking purpose. Yes. Oh my gosh. All right. So let's, let's just take everyone back a little bit to like why you're kind of obsessed with purpose. Like wh- why this is such a passion of yours and, and all the work that you do. All right. Well, to make a long story short, I was born in the former Soviet Union, immigrated to the States when I was eight and was raised by Soviet engineers, right, who were starting over. My dad was 40. And so getting a top education, getting a good job, which meant making lots of money and having it be nice and safe and secure was, you know, the epitome of success. 
and a lot of pressure. And, you know, I did what was expected of me. I went to an Ivy League school, graduated from Wharton in finance, which is a top business school, had a job at the World Bank straight out of college. At 22, I was traveling the world five star, working on multi, multi-million dollar projects, you know, meeting with captains of industry and ministers of countries. And, you know, everyone thought I had a made, I even had a six week vacation, which in the States. Is oh my special. gosh, that's a lot. <laughs> Well, because they had to attract the Europeans too, right? So everyone thought I had it made, but there was one problem. I hated finance. I'm a people person. The only thing I liked about my job was all that travel. But I had to travel in a navy blue suit and pantyhose and, you know, sit in boardrooms all over the world with middle-aged men talking about things I could care less about. So basically, I literally cannot even imagine you doing that. But okay, I'm trying to picture it. Everyone who knows me is like, what? How did you do that? Like, there's a lot of things you can do and you've been like raised for it or pressured into it. But basically, at that job, I met Esteban, who later became my husband. And we decided to backpack through Southeast Asia for a year. And this was like before the internet, when it was just like the lonely planet and us. And basically, it was really basically back then, like dropping out right? Because you couldn't communicate like you do today. We'd literally call home once a month just to say, hi, I'm alive. Call Esteban's parents. And that would cost like five bucks, which was like our week's, you know, budget or something back then. And so having that space, I met all kinds of people, you know, a Siemens engineer who decided to become an energy healer. You know, this sounds so cliche, but you know, the Italian who decided to drop out and open up a little restaurant on some island in Thailand, right? And it opened up my world that, wait, you know, I didn't have to spend my whole life doing what I didn't want to do. So we did go back to DC. I did go back to the World Bank because I didn't know what else to do. Plus I needed money and I needed to pay and loans and stuff. But now I was like really clear that I wanted to do something else. And so I did, I wound up leaving. I thought I wanted to be a therapist. I started taking courses in a psychology doctorate program, running a program for homeless women in DC. My, everybody thought I was crazy, but mostly it was the internal work. Like it's really hard to get out of, you know, the boxes we were raised with, you know, especially back then. And because I was lit and, and then I ran across coaching back when, you know, this was 20 some years ago when everyone thought they were like, what, you're a physical therapist. I mean, you're a physical trainer, like what's a coach. And it just really kind of brought together my love for personal growth and my results oriented nature. And I was living in DC. So I was just surrounded by basically type A overeducated people, many lawyers who were just like, wait, what am I really doing with my life? I don't want to be like, you know, in some office pushing papers. I want more. But how did you break out? How did you leave? And basically, that's how my passion and purpose course was born, because I was trained both by Soviet parents and by, you know, my business school background to think systematically, because I'm by nature, I'm like a dreamer and a big picture thinker. And but I was like, okay, how did I do it? And I literally came up with my seven step process of what it takes to figure out what your passion and purpose is. And I started teaching it basically to anyone who would have me, you know, clients, (laughs) The U.S. government, the FDA, the NIH invited me because of. Oh, my gosh, I love it. I know they wanted their staff to have more passion for their work, you know, nonprofits, even private corporations. And well, yeah, basically, you know. So so take us forward a little bit then to like so then I feel so it's interesting. I totally relate to that 
I really, yeah, I totally relate to that. And because I went to, did the same thing. I went to Georgetown because I thought I had to, I actually did a little bit what your, what your kiddo did, which is I, I left earlier. I left to go to boarding school also. Cause I thought that that was like, you know, I don't even like, I'm not even like a student. I'm like dyslexic. <laughs> so the idea that I thought like education would somehow save me just baffles me to this day, but I ended up having to leave college and I, and that set me on my quiet journey, which led me to art school. So I ended up like finishing out where what, like in my passion and purpose, which was design. Right. So that was awesome. And, you know, it's funny as you were talking, I'm like, oh, it's interesting. Like every time everyone around you thought, she, thought you were crazy, like that's actually a really good sign. Like that's a good sign that you're on the right track, right? Like as long as there's somebody telling you you're crazy, you're like, you're, you're, you're probably like going in the right direction. So I, I similarly you know, I had, you know, I wasn't a coach, I was a, a designer, but I, it was that same thing of like, I was really following my passion. And then I got triggered by another um, conditioning that I had, which was around having a family, buying a home and having kids, which I think sort of happened to you too. <laughs> so take oh, us yeah. so fast forward, uh, like, cause that's how actually for everyone listening, that's how Natalie and I met, we met with like three little kids. <laughs> you know, doing right. the thing and like trying to figure out what that actually meant while we were working. So, um, so fast forward to like the next time. So like the next time yeah. when you were like, wait, right. Like, now what's that- going on? Cause like, I, I figured this out. Like I I've been around the world. Like I, I figured out I wasn't going to do that banking thing. And, and now here I am like, maybe like in a very different situation, but maybe with a similar, like right. underlying yeah. thing. Absolutely, because I basically started my coaching and training business right around the time that I became pregnant with my oldest daughter, right? And before then, yeah, even when I left the bank, we traveled a lot, you know, we were like, I was already in my 30s. And all of a sudden, life became, you know, homemade organic baby food and nursing for a gazillion years and really, quote unquote, wanting to do it right as a mom. And a decade somehow disappeared in this. Well, we all know how it goes, right? And I remember it it was literally that kitchen sink moment. I was 39 years old. I had just had uh, my youngest daughter. Um, I was actually interviewing nearly 70 people who made major life changes to follow their dreams. And I was going to write a book about it, like before all the books were written. And I was, it was a cold Massachusetts morning and I was like washing out some baby bottle and getting ready to make my organic baby food before I'd like try to squeeze in my clients and then run to pick up my youngest from, well, you know how it goes just, and then be the driver for the afternoon for the older ones and all the rest of it. And I was like, what happened to my life? I'm about to turn 40. I thought I was going to be a citizen of the world. I thought I was going to raise my kids to be citizens of the world, but I'm basically, you know, trying to do it all. I'm exhausted. My husband and I are like constantly, you know, he was traveling tons for work. We are just like tired, burning the candle at both ends and, you know, constantly bickering over who gets five minutes alone to like, you know, go work out or go to the bathroom alone or whatever is we all know how it goes and I was like something's got to change and you know I'm a dreamer so basically let's just say within a year we were and again everybody thought I was crazy my friends were just I like, didn't <laughs> most people are like you're doing what you're going where but basically it was a bit of a story in itself but let's say within a year we were living in the Colombian Andes 
uh, in South America, enjoying a slower pace of life, lots of adventure, learning Spanish, learning how to dance salsa. Well, I was learning Spanish and the kids, you know, <laughs> learning how to dance salsa and traveling the world as a family of five, like every school break, which is about four months a year, we were, we were somewhere. And I, I'll oh, never amazing. forget. Yeah. Like I, my youngest was like 15 month old and she was just sleeping on my back and, you know, wrapped up as we were hiking through the rainforest and like literally swimming in waterfalls. And I was like, yes, this is the life I, you know, I can do mothering like this. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I think that's, um, well, I, so, so let's now, now let's get back to everyone listening. So it's interesting because I feel like we have this like parallel path of really leaning into our purposes and like, that is not my life, you know, like traveling, like I love traveling, but having to do all that, like, that's not like, that is not my, my purpose. And so it's super interesting. So we all have our own. (laughs) It's so easy to grab onto other people's. Um, It's really easy. I think to be stuck in yours and be looking at a lot of people. So I kind of want to go back to that time when you were, you know, writing the book and like, I mean, the realization there, right. was like, what am I doing writing about all these people and not doing this myself? So look, can we talk to that moment and like what we can give listeners, like when you're in that moment of, you know, something's not quite right. You're starting to get a glimpse of the fact that you're grabbing more onto other people's lives than your own. Like, Where do you go? What's next? (laughs) What's next is going within yourself. I mean, I did have the benefit of my seven steps, right? And one of the things and the benefit, quite frankly, of uh, interviewing all those people, because the more I interviewed, the more I realized how living from passion and purpose isn't so much a destination as an attitude towards life. Yes, Yes. intent and in gratitude for all the amazing stuff, meaning, you know, people experiences, whatever that you already have, but also be living in the question, you know, like, what's my soul calling me to do now, right? What are my gifts talents? Where am I meant to serve? Where, how am I meant to grow? What am I meant to heal? Cause that's a big part of purpose too. Little did I know Columbia was calling me because it was here that I could heal things from my childhood that I never was able to heal in the States because they just weren't triggered in the same way. I mean, all those pieces, it's like, I do believe, you know, it's a journey and a destination and interviewing all these people who even, you know, in their sixties, their seventies, their eighties were so vibrant and alive because they were living the question. And, you know, there's always more to grow and learn. And I was like, I want to be like that, you know, so it gave me a lot of inspiration. And so to everyone listening, I would say the place to start is actually with my number, you know, I have a seven step system, as I mentioned, but the number one step is discover who you are, because I'm sure you've seen it over and over Mia, and I have too, and I even lived it, even teaching passion and purpose, we could get so sucked into like, okay, now mom means being like this, you know, is we lose, especially as women, we lose touch with ourselves. We're so busy being busy, giving to everyone else, doing what's expected of us, that at some point, we don't even know what we want, except maybe to sleep, you know, or just have some uninterrupted time, right? Or have some uninterrupted time. And so it's so important to carve out, you know, even if it's just like, you know, five minutes a day, 
to just sit in silence, you know, if you're inclined to meditate even better, but just to sit in silence and ask the question, you know, what am I meant to know? And ideally, if you can focus on your breathing, just five minutes, and then pull out that journal and one paragraph, what I'm meant to know today is, this starts the process of bringing you within, of connecting to yourself, your yearnings, your desires, um, that which you know, you're being called to do are going to start showing up on that page if you do this practice, say, for a month. And this is how you start, you know, getting clear on what, who you are and what has meaning for you and what will light you up. Um, and then, of course, taking action to make it happen. And, you know, it doesn't have to be as drastic as, all right, kids, we're moving to Colombia. Obviously, a lot led up to that. It could be as simple as then carving out a little more time to do the things that light you up, right? Yes. And especially anything creative that comes up, any yearning for anything creative, I always say, go for it, because that's your soul speaking to open something up. Ooh, you just like hit something I need to do. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, I feel like it's like a, a you know, it's such a spiral staircase, right? Or an onion or however, when you want to look at it, like there's always the next level. And, you know, even though you and I have been doing this work for a long time, there's like always the next thing. <laughs> always. Um, but, and that's what makes life interesting, right? Like if we had it all figured 100%, out. A hundred percent. I will. I don't think I've said this out loud on the podcast yet, but I, um, for the past two years have been having these wild dreams that, um, involved downloading paintings. Like I have whole paintings that need to come out of me. And wow. so I've been trying to carve out time for art, but it's like, you know, like I run a pretty full-time business. Like, I don't yeah. know who wrote the myth that like little kids take up more time than teenagers, but I definitely think teenagers take up more space than little kids. <laughs> like it's just, you know, it's a full time and I'm like, all right, got to carve out time for painting. Um, all right. So so another thing that like has come up in your story and, and sort of came up as you were sharing those steps of, of, you know, first um, taking that space and then taking action from it, like you can sort of infer from that how hard each step might be. And I notice that, I mean, obviously like we're sort of programmed to run away from what feels hard. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about that? Cause like, Cause I think that's, that's really what's so important. What's so important is that I, I just feel like we got our, like in, in all the stories we were told and all the things that were passed down, it's almost like we got told the wrong messaging around, you know, what will be fulfilling and somewhere along the line that became like ease, which became, you know, you going to college for finance and like wearing pantyhose, <laughs> but like, so, which wasn't fun either. Right. So there's like this quality of like, that maybe you can explain better, but I feel like there's this quality of, of difficulty that's actually very fulfilling. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because I just interviewed somebody for the summit that I'll be doing at the end of October with Deborah Poneman. And she said something about purpose that I'd never heard before. And I thought, oh my God, but that's so right on. And it is that, you know, your purpose is something that you would be willing to suffer for. Meaning, you know, nothing and nothing's easy, right? Even if you think it's easy, it's not easy because you're stifled, you're bored, you feel like you're living someone else's life. You know, that's yeah. not easy. There. But yes, we, especially in American culture, are drawn towards comfort, to what's 
towards what's easy. And it's not so easy to seek what your purpose is, because quite frankly, it often upsets the apple cart for a little bit. Like my husband did not want to move abroad, you know? My kids, my oldest at the time, who was nine, did not want to move abroad a lot. You know, it was I was not popular for a little bit. Um, But I think one of the great advantages we have as women, especially starting in our 40s, is our hormones start to shift. And that estrogen isn't just there to make life. It's also there to make nice, because for thousands of years, women who spoke too much and spoke up too much and couldn't get along with the tribe were literally cast out of the tribe. And we could not get along. I mean, we could not survive without the tribe for millennia, right? And our children couldn't be there. So part of estrogen's role is to make nice. And I love- Oh, interesting. Yeah. And when that estrogen starts to real, I mean, it starts to really go down after our mid thirties, but in our mid, you know, in our forties, it really goes down and it's like the rose colored glasses tend to come off, even if they weren't so rose colored to begin with, what was acceptable often starts to feel like really unacceptable, right? This is why the majority of divorces in Western countries are initiated by women in their forties and why often we're not content, you know, with our, the work that we're doing. And we, you know, we keep feeling like there's gotta be more than this. And this is also why, you know, depression and anxiety seems to come up. It's not just hormonal imbalances. I really think hormones are our friends, you know, they are a gift for us to look at what's going in with, within us. And they're especially a gift because we stop caring so much of what everyone else thinks. Yeah. Like, which is we, a really important part of this. It's like those, you know, those stories of, you know, sleeping beauty, waking up and just saying, wait, what's up here. Right. I want to be fulfilled. I want to feel like, I'm living a life that's truly mine. And it's such a gift. So while it does take sacrifice and it can be difficult, I guarantee you nobody regrets it because these steps, you know, they don't, if I can just quickly, I'm not going to go into them, but they're discover who you are, connect to your feelings and intuition, align your mindset with your vision, take consistent and inspired action, set effective boundaries take care of your body, mind, and spirit, and create community, get support. And they're not, re- I mean, they are steps that maybe it starts like out a with circle. where you are, right. But you yeah. work them at the same time. And what's exciting about it is as you start uncovering who you are and start taking action and start using your intuition, life just starts to feel like wow, this is how it's meant to be. It starts to feel like a magical adventure. You're coming alive. You're waking up excited in the morning. You feel like you're on your path. And, you know, really the biggest work in the whole process is that mindset part, right? Because we all have our assumptions, our beliefs, basically the boxes that we've been in and breaking out of those is really the work, right? Right. But it's also the gift because we get to basically heal a lot of stuff and challenge a lot of the assumptions that have been keeping us stuck. And again, the more we do that, the more life just becomes like, yeah, this is what I was meant to do. And then it's not so hard anymore. You know, it's really just like, 
the impetus to get started, I would say that's where, that's where it's painful. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and, uh, and it's funny that you, I don't, I don't even remember back at the beginning of the show, if you shared the fact that your husband didn't want to go on your dream right away. Yeah, I just, yeah, um, I just share and, that. And it's interesting because, um, well, because I think like no matter what someone's dream is, whether it's like just, I need the 10 minutes, right. Or I, I need a shower without somebody opening the shower curtain or, you know, gosh, what would it be like to have a day to read a book or whatever? Like, it doesn't have to be that you're moving to a new country, but no matter what it is, like this thing of I'm selfish somehow, like, I feel like that's this, this, this underlying voice going through our head that somehow we're selfish in, in wanting these things. Um, even though, you know, a big part of, especially like you wanting that was, you know, a big part in taking five minutes of, of silence is to be able to come back and, and be a better human and like not yell at your kid or whatever. Right. A right. big part of you moving to Columbia was, you knew it would benefit your entire family. Um, and it did <laughs> and it totally did. So, and they all came around. So let's like, like, it's interesting. It's almost like we're the, it's almost like we're, we're the, we're the ones who can see, and we're just, you know, taking those first steps and, and it's like lead. It's almost like we're, we're just have to be the step into the leadership role. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much in what you just said. First of all, archetypically, we women are leaders. We've always been the seers for the community and yeah. then the male. And again, I'm speaking archetypically because we all yeah. have all the different energies within us. The male energy was to execute on the vision, right? The feminine is the vision. The male is to execute. And somewhere along the way, we have forgotten that, right? But I really want to speak to that selfish piece because it's so important. The Lord knows I went through it. I mean, you have no idea how, quote unquote, selfish I felt, you know, to pull the whole family into Colombia of all places with the reputation that it had and all the rest of it. But, you know, what what kept me going was thinking about my three girls and if I were if they were grown up and I was talking to them, would I want them? to stay in a life that just felt like it was slowly suffocating them and wasn't what they wanted it to be, right? Just because the definition of mother is, you know, sacrificing all your wants, dreams, and hopes for your children. Like, is this the cycle I'd want to perpetuate for my girls? And I was like, hell no, I want them to know who they are, you know, and go for their dreams. And, you know, yeah. So and true. that helped do all the inner work of getting over them selfish to wait a minute. No. Yeah. I'm one of five, but quite, quite frankly, I have spent the last decade, you know, completely kind of sublimating my desires for everyone else's. Cause that's the way I thought it was supposed to be. And no, yeah. I count too. And quite yeah. frankly, some way I count more than my children, meaning not that I'd ever want to do anything that would harm them or put them into harm's way, but you know, there's pros and cons to everything, whether, and if you need five minutes to yourself, it's because, yeah, you need them. And you want to teach your kids that they too take those five minutes when they need them, or however many hours to go to an art class or to do whatever it is they want to do for themselves, or, you know, travel the world. There's benefits in everything. Absolutely. And I realized, wait a minute, I'm 40. I don't know how much life I have left and healthy life, you know? 
they can create the lives they want to later on, you know, I'm going to be giving them something really positive. Everything comes with a negative side too, but so yeah. does, so does having a mom who's frustrated and, you know, and I think that's the biggest piece we forget as women. We actually don't serve our families from a martyr standpoint, right? Yeah. Because we wind up frustrated, exhausted, testy, resentful, and that energy leaks out. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because so we did not, you know, move to Colombia. It's funny. I'm married. I'm married to a Colombian for everyone listening who doesn't know that. <laughs> so I think about Natalie in Colombia a lot. Um, I mean, maybe someday we will. But um, that wasn't what we were doing when we were little. But one of the things that I did do when my kids were little is I said no to all the extracurriculars. Like I just had this like gut feeling that I was not supposed to be running around like a crazy person going to soccer and like art class. And so, you know, for like, that wasn't what we did. And, you know, I would talk to friends who were running around and there would be definitely be moments where I would think like, Hmm, am I, did I like miss the boat on this one or like, but it was really strong within me that we weren't supposed to do this. And, and it's interesting because it gave everybody in my house, it actually gave everyone that tool of reflection. Like now that I'm looking back and I've watched my oldest apply to college, like they have that tool of quiet. And I didn't really do it based on, like, I didn't know what the end result was going to be. Like, I didn't know that. I just knew that at that moment, that was crazy making for me, you know, (laughs) three kids within four years. And like the second everybody was doing something, we were just in too many directions. It wasn't fun. And, um, you know, in, in, in their older life, they all found what they loved and they still have been very successful at it. You know, my son who never, ever did a a sport on Saturdays became an elite crew athlete, like, and he started in high school and it was fine. And, you know, and that was the the story in my head was like, have I made it so that like, he can never be good at at moving his body or like be an athlete. And that wasn't what we made at all. Like we, we kind of made the opposite. Um, And so it's just so interesting. Like all, you know, these things that we think are selfish, like, we're getting those downloads for a reason and and we're mothers. So they are going to benefit everybody. Like, even if they seem that way at the beginning. Absolutely. And you just said something really important and it's those downloads and that you were listening to the voice within. I mean, I think one of the biggest kind of, I mean, really travesties of the patriarchy, if we, if you will, is that the feminine intuition, again, men and women both have it, but it's considered more feminine and it has been completely, you know, like, what's the word? Um, washed, silenced. Washed, <laughs> silenced. It doesn't matter. Everything is through rational thought. Yeah. And so we, especially as women, are giving up like our biggest, biggest tool, the snowing that we have, right? That's why, you know, it's the second step from living room, fashion and purpose. As soon as, you know, as you start discovering who you are, learn to tap into that intuition and to use your feelings as a barometer, because it's such, such important information. You know, we get so stressed out and just crazy trying to weigh the pros and cons in our heads and, you know, figure it all out. But, you know, the, the mind is a wonderful tool. It's also very much created to keep us safe and safe means, you know, that we will survive, not that we will be fulfilled and happy, you know, and live a wonderful life. 
you know, for that, you really need to get back to your heart, to your intuition, right? And start paying attention to those voices. And in, in many ways, have the courage to pay attention to those voices, you know, whether it's you saying, no, we're not going to do all these after school activities, when everybody else is, and you know, the pressure that comes with that. And like, oh, my God, you know, is my kid not going to be urban like, America? Yes, <laughs> right. The next like genius, whatever, because I didn't start him at four, or, you know, me saying, you know, I want to be global, you know, global citizens or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It could be like, really, it could be a small silent voice that says, I need, you know, I need to carve out half an hour a day for care, you know, self-care. Yeah. It's there for a reason. Listen to it. It's all, you know, I, I have found over the years that it's in those voices where like the greatest truth lies, the greatest possibilities lie and where we wind up, you know, if we listen to them, you know, creating a life that's just, you know, what we've dreamed of. I love it. I love it. And, and all those lives are, I mean, I'm sure, cause you've talked to so many people, you've seen how different those like lives can be. Right. You know, There's from people who feel so that. fulfilled by them. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing, you know, sometimes people hear my story, but I want to be like, wait a minute, but it's not about moving your family to a different continent, you know, yeah. it can be absolutely anything, you know, taking up a sport or a creative pursuit or, you know, volunteering with something that means a lot to you, or it could be, you know, a lifestyle overhaul or, a, you know, yeah. a line of work. It could be anything. It's really just about, you know, who are you? What's most important to you? What lights you up? What are your gifts and talents? And what did your soul come into this lifetime to learn? Right. And by leaning into that, I think is, is as women with children, we're basically giving our kids permission to be themselves, whatever that is. And, and Natalie's kids might not decide to be world travelers, right? But they have permission now to be whatever the hell they want because- Natalie has done that for herself, which I think is really what it's about. If we're, you know, looping back to motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. We give our kids permission to be themselves. You know, one of the things that has always kept me going is somewhere along the line, I think pretty early on, I got the concept that, you know, whatever, I mean, again, you know, we're all human beings, we all have baggage, we all have stuff to work on, but that whatever we don't work through, we leave to the next generation. And so when 100%. times get tough, you know, <laughs> exactly, right, we all know that. So when times would get tough, meaning, and it's so much easier to just like never open that closet door, right, of your mind and, you know, deal with the crap that's inside. But I think, do I want my girls to be dealing with this? No. So then it's my job, right, to kind of claim my power as a woman to say, yeah, it's okay for me to have wants and dreams. And that, you know, I'd prefer to go do X rather than drive you to another activity. Hey, I'm yeah, human. So and I want them to be able to say the same thing later. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, as you know, um, one of our kids had a pretty, um, you know, hard mental health crisis moment, a uh, crisis moment, whatever you want to call it, um, during the pandemic. And it ended up being my work that like, I did a lot of the work, um, it on her behalf almost. Right. But it was interesting what I could just clear like for them, 
you know, and, and it didn't even have to, like, we communicated a lot, but it didn't like, not everything had to be communicated back. And it's interesting to watch, like, you know, I can see their language and I can see how, like, if I'm comparing ages, like their language is already like way into my thirties, you know, like their awareness of like (laughs) what, what they're doing, you know, it's, it's just so interesting. And, and you can see how over generations of time, you know, hopefully we'll get smarter and smarter, you know, if we don't hurt our planet so much, but yeah, like it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, at some point I realized our mother, that my mothering goal, you know, shifted from perfection to basically evolution, right? Yes. I love that. Perfection to evolution. That is so good. Right. Like, you know, I know, I feel like I did it better than my parents did, you know, My kids are way better off than I was at their age and great, you know, and they're going to take it further. And I see that in the choices they make now that they're getting older, you know, in the boyfriends they attract and the kind of relationships they have. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. Cause that's the other thing we didn't touch upon it, but you know, the old saying, if mama ain't happy, no one's happy. Yeah. Well, if you are in a relationship or in a marriage, I mean, you, I mean, it just improves exponentially when you as a woman are living your passion and purpose because you're happy, you're vibrant, you're not resentful and exhausted and annoyed. And at some level, looking at your partner to fill in the gaps, right? Yeah. You are taking responsibility and control for your own life. And it, you know, it permeates everything. Okay. What will you just give us one tidbit and then we're going to have to let you go for today. And I want you to tell everyone where to find you, but give us a little tidbit about anyone who feels right now, like that's not in their control. Like they wish their spouse would do more. They wish their kids would behave differently. Their boss is a pain in the ass, whatever. Like I know you have something to say to that person. I do. I do. I just know because you do. As someone who spent, I don't know how many years trying to change all those other people, right? My spouse, my kids, my boss, all the rest of it, only to see, you know, I was getting nowhere. Here's some hard won wisdom. Focus on yourself and your happiness. Like literally set, you know, I know you're all about planning. So say, This year, the next 12 months is going to be about me creating the life that fulfills me and makes me happy. And in that month, I cannot, you know, try to fix anybody else because as you discover who you are, as you start taking action to make it happen, remember setting effective boundaries was part of that. As you learn how to set boundaries so you can get your needs met, um, it's, it's amazing how they all wind up changing, right? As you just focus on yourself. And in the process, not only do you really start to love your life and become less exhausted and frazzled, um, but you really become empowered. And it's amazing how, you know, everything out there starts to shift as you shift. So the place to start is with you. What will make you happy? And if you don't know, think back to childhood. What did you enjoy doing? I, I know we don't have time to get into this, but just as like oh, two sentences, I had a Harvard trained attorney in her 50s who could only remember the last thing she remembered enjoying doing was making potholders out of that like rubber yeah, I love those. <laughs> camp when she was 12. 
And let's just say that I made her go get some of that, those materials and start making them. And within a year, she left her job, started this whole nonprofit completely. She's married still, but happily now. And you know, we don't have time to get into it, but it all started with just going back to what she, or the last thing she remembers enjoying doing at age 12. So I love that. I love that. And it's like that, that thing of like, just taking the next step. Like we don't have to know we're going to start a nonprofit. I think that's where we get stuck. It's like, and and that's really important in the purpose and passion is like, you don't have to understand your full purpose or what what your purpose will be like in 20 years. Like you just have to enjoy making that potholder. Like that's beautiful. I love that. Exactly. All right. Tell us, tell us how we can find Natalie and all the amazing things you're doing. Cause you have some fun stuff coming up. Yeah, so nataliemodashenko.com is my website. Come check it out. Um, I I teach passion and purpose life courses. I teach money manifesting abundance courses because money is often one of the major reasons people don't follow their passion. And this year is my fourth annual big global event. Over the the past three, we've attracted 50,000 women. you know, ages 40 to 70 at this point, who want to uncover their passion, their purpose, live life with zest, you know, have vibrant health, all the good stuff. So it's happening in October this year. Yes. Halloween. Remember, October 1st, we're launching. We figured everyone's kids are old enough now that they're not needing you to accompany. Yeah. Well, and Natalie like alluded to this in her own work, but I truly believe this is so missing is that, and like, I've noticed it like, you know, just getting a kid to college. Like we forget that we need, like the, the tribe used to involve all the ages and like, we were passing down all this wisdom and, you know, right if anyone's triggered by like what's going on hormonally and like all the things that just start happening, like definitely tune into Natalie's thing because it, it just gives you that perspective of, of what's possible and how to make life better. And, and you, you talk to people of all, of all ages, which is, it's so aspiring to, to watch. Yeah, absolutely. You get amazing tips, amazing wisdom, and just women who you see. In fact, you know, I change the summit name every year for some reason because I'm inspired <laughs> by the next thing. So this year it's rocking it at any age because the idea it. Is it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, I love you it. can rock it. And I must say, I don't have the website yet. So, but we'll, we'll share it. We'll share it once it comes out. So yeah. that's exciting. Halloween. Everyone save the date for Halloween. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank yes. you, Natalie. You're most welcome. It was wonderful to be here with you, Mia, as always. And thank you, everyone who's listening. I love connecting. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where real change happens. But here's the thing. Sometimes we're craving big change. And we associate that with big action that feels really hard. But I have noticed that it's the little things that really add up, the things that you commit to each week that over time become that big thing. 
So each conversation that we have around here, we always choose three doable changes so that you can choose one that you lean into for the week. You make it work in your life. You schedule it. You commit to it. You do whatever it takes to make that thing part of your life. And then you have it. And then the next week you can do the next thing and it becomes a way to step your way toward that big change. So here are three doable changes for my conversation with Natalie. Ask, what am I meant to know? Ask the question, what am I meant to know? Spend a few minutes meditating, focusing on breath, or simply sitting quietly with that question. Then journal. Journal can just be a brief response. It doesn't need to be long and lengthy. This whole thing can take you five minutes. This starts the process of bringing you within, of connecting to yourself and to your yearnings and your desires. This is a good habit to have. All right, here's number two. Take one step. Getting a better sense of what you want is great, but the real magic comes when you act. That's what doable changes are all about. You don't have to pick up your life and move to another country like Natalie did. You don't have to quit your job. If that's your next step, go for it. But you can also take a small next step. Sign up for an art class. Email somebody you want to connect with. Schedule time to work on your book. Take a walk or plan tomorrow's healthy breakfast. Pick one step to do. Do it. And then move on to the next one. This is a really useful way to look at life. And so this doable change is really about committing to just doing one thing at a time. So sometimes this might look like holding back on wanting to move to the next shiny object. All right, number three, remember what used to light you up. If you have no idea what makes you happy, this is when we can go backwards. Meditation and journaling might reveal something. Taking a step or two towards something you think might make you happy might help. And another option is to think back to childhood. What used to light you up? What if you try doing that? Don't think about monetizing it or how it fits into your big goals. Just try it and see how it feels. Is it something you want in your life? Does it show you something else you might want? This is when we have to trust the process instead of the end goal, but go back to that wise, small self and see what lit her up. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 